0: Commissioner Anderson? Here. Commissioner Halasey. Here. Commissioner Jupiter-Jones? Here. Commissioner Louie? Here. Commissioner Mazzola? Here. Commissioner Wintraub? Here. Commissioner Zwart? Here. The San Francisco Recreation and Park Commission acknowledges that we occupy the unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramatish Ohlone peoples, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. We honor the Ramatish Ohlone peoples for their enduring commitment to Mother Earth. As the indigenous protectors of this land and in accordance with their traditions, the Ramatish Ohlone have never ceded, lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place, as well as for all peoples who reside in their traditional territory. As stewards of parkland, we recognize our duty to honor the Ohlone through thoughtful and informed preservation and interpretation of ancestral land. As uninvited guests, we affirm their sovereign rights as first peoples and wish to pay our respects to the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ramatish community. Good morning and welcome to the Recreation and Park Commission meeting of September 21st, 2023. This meeting is being held in hybrid format with the meeting occurring in person in City Hall room 416 with options to join and provide public comment both in person and remotely. We ask that you please turn off electronic devices and take any secondary conversations outside in order for the meeting to proceed as efficiently as possible. We ask listeners to turn down your televisions and or computers while listening on the phone. We ask for your patience if we experience any technical issues. Public comment will be available for each item on the agenda. Unless otherwise announced by the president, each person will have two minutes for public comment on each item. For each item, the commission will take public comment first from people attending the meeting in person and then from people attending the meeting remotely. If you would like to speak on any item today, we request but do not require you to complete a blue card. For those who would like to join the meeting remotely, you may view the meeting live on SFGovTV or via webinar using the link provided at the top of today's agenda. You may provide public comment remotely via our webinar or via phone by calling 415-655-0001 using today's access code, which is 2661-812-2316 and webinar password 0921. When you hear the agenda item you would like to comment on called, dial star three to be added to the queue to speak. You will be lined up in the system in the order you dial star three. The system will notify you when you are in line and waiting, during which time the system will be silent. All callers will remain on mute until their line is open. Everyone must account for the time delays and speaking discrepancies between live coverage and streaming. Please address your comments to the commission during public comment on items. In order to allow equal time for all, neither the commission nor staff will respond to any questions during public comment. The commission may ask questions of staff after public Mm -hmm. comment is closed. If there is an item of interest to you that is not on today's agenda and is under the subject matter jurisdiction of the commission, you may speak under general public comment and that is item four. And today will also be continued to item 11. Alternatively, you may submit public comment in either of the following ways. By emailing recpark.commission at sfgov.org. If you submit public comment via email, it will be included in the legislative file as part of the matter. Written comments may also be sent via the US Postal Service to San Francisco Recreation and Park Commission 501 Stanion Street, San Francisco, California 94117. The following are short announcements for those of you joining us in person today. If the fire alarms activate, you must evacuate the building in an orderly fashion using any exit. Please note that elevators will immediately return to the first floor and are not available for use. If you need assistance out of the building, please make your way to the closest area of refuge, which is directly across the hall in the men's restroom. Inside the restroom is a speaker box. Press it and City Hall Security will answer. Let them know your location and they will assist you. Please note that this commission meeting is recorded and will be available for later viewing on sfgovtv.org. Thank you. We are now on item two, the president's report.
1: Thank you, Ashley. Um, I'm going to reserve most of what I want to say for item six, but I did want to welcome our two newest commissioners, Carrie and Brianna. Welcome. Round of applause. Um, This meeting very much has the notion of endings and beginnings on my mind. Um, possibly the greatest commission president I ever had the pleasure of serving with well really the only one I had the pleasure of serving with Mark Buell surprised me with a call only last week that he was stepping down now he's moving over to the airport commission so we will still have the pleasure of his service but I just wanted to honor him as a great leader a great human being a great mentor to me and although I know he's still around and we can still see each other, I am sorely going to miss him from this commission that he has has run so well. Um, I also want to honor that we do have a solid date on Commissioner Griffin's memorial, and that is September 27th at the Hall of Flowers, right, at 3 p.m., very much miss Larry's presence on this commission and from our city family. A man of great equanimity and humor. So, have fun, Mark, and uh, rest in peace and power and play, Larry. I think that's all I want to say now. Um, Is there anyone who would like to use any time on the president's report to say something? All right, hearing none, let's move on. Ashley.
0: Uh, is there any public comment just on the president's report, item two, in this room? Okay, seeing none, do we have any hands raised on our line? Seeing no hands raised on our line, public comment is closed. We are now on item three, the general manager's report. And as a reminder, I think we do have um, someone here from Prozac for item E, whenever you're ready. I'm sorry for item for, for E on the general manager's report.
2: Great. Why don't we let Prozac
0: go first? Okay. Wendy, would you like to come up and give the report?
3: <clears> okay. <throat> Good morning. I'm Wendy Aragon. I'm the chair of Parks and Economic Space Advisory, representing District One as well. Um, and I'm just here to introduce myself. I was elected earlier this spring. And I'm really excited to lead PROSAC for the next year into fighting for equitable parks, wonderful, beautiful open spaces in San Francisco, um, which I love. Um, Rec and Park staff raised me in Santa Clara County growing up, so parks are near and dear to my heart. But I just want to follow up on some things we've been doing. We have an acquisition subcommittee that's a meeting talking about the acquisition process for Lower Knob Hill and the Tenderloin. Um, City planning came to present to them, and they'll be coming to PROSAC to present next month, I believe. Um, We just had a really great training with Manu on Robert's rules and ethics. Uh, We have done some great tours of Mission Bay Parks watched our rangers graduation last this last month and um, I'm really excited to keep leading this group. We have a really wonderful diverse group. We are struggling a little bit with the new legislation. Um, as you know, pro has been split in half. So for me, it's very important that this department, including the commission, lets our pro members know whether they're an alternate or they're a voting member, how important their input is um, to this department and that their service matters and we need to keep, them coming back to ProSac and working with the commission, working with the department and staff to make sure that we're advocating for the different communities in San Francisco. If there's any questions, I'll, I'm happy to answer them.
0: Nope. Thanks, Wendy. Okay,
2: thank you. Thank all you right. so much. Oh, am I on? Thank you so much, Wendy, and thank you for all your work with Prozac. Um, I am not the general manager. I'm Sarah Madeline sitting in for the general manager. Um, And here is our September report. We're excited to announce that last week the Board of Supervisors approved a plan to bring extra ticketed concerts to the polo field the weekend after outside lands as well as three free downtown concerts starting in 2024. This plan will generate between 1.4 and 2.1 million dollars annually for the department as well as provide other benefits to the city, like job creation, uh, hotel nights, uh, dollars spent in restaurants, bars, and other small businesses. The permit includes free muni rides for all concert goers uh, to and from the polo fields. In addition, (coughs) excuse me, in addition to the revenue for parks and programming, these extra concerts will help ensure that our downtown remains an important hub for live music, culture, and the arts. <clears throat> and as you know, last, uh, last month, I guess it was last month in August, um, the 15th annual Outside Lands concerts concluded, bringing an estimated 225,000 people to the polo fields over three days. Um, During its 15 years, the festival has generated more than $1 billion in economic activity um, and provided our department invaluable support. So as always, we are thankful to our partners at Another Planet and looking forward to working with them on this new concert. Padel, I think I said that right, (laughs) uh, is coming to the Embarcadero Plaza. There's a new racket sport in, t- in town, and it's not pickleball. No offense to the pickleballers in the crowd. Uh, thanks to an exciting partnership with I'm Park here. Padel, Rock and Park will bring two temporary pop-up Padel courts to Embarcadero Plaza starting next month. Padel is described as a cross between squash and tennis and is considered the fastest-growing sport worldwide, not to be confused with pickleball, which I believe is the fastest-growing sport in this country. Um, It was invented in Mexico in 1969, um, and the sport has experienced an explosive growth over the last few years, particularly in Spain and Latin America. Uh, It boasts over 10 million players across the globe. Uh, Construction on the temporary courts starts this week, and once complete, the courts will be the first pedal courts open to the public in Northern California. Bringing these courts to the Embarcadero is just one example of our public spaces constantly evolving to meet the needs of our residents. Once they are up and running, people can play for free between Monday through Thursday from 2 to 4, although advanced booking is strongly advised. Other times will be available for reservation for a fee. Um, <clears throat> and players will be able to make those reservations at parkpadel.com through, or through the Park Paddle mobile app. Wendy mentioned our park ranger graduation. Uh, We just received a new batch of freshly graduated park rangers and a special thanks to the mayor for her support of of our ranger program through the budget for many years. Earlier this month, 13 trainees completed an eight week course that helped them hone their leadership skills to serve and protect our parks and public spaces. The new rangers graduated during a ceremony on September 8th at the Randall Museum. We thank Commissioner Louie, Commissioner Halsey, Commissioner Anderson uh, for joining us there. Um, And of course, uh, our general manager, Phil Ginsburg and our chief ranger, Dave Murphy, as well as Supervisor Asha (coughs) Safaii, Joel Engardio, and Police Chief Bill Scott were in attendance. This graduation now brings the total number of park rangers to 41. Uh, We thank the park rangers. To, for their commitment to preserving the natural beauty of our parks and ensuring they remain safe and welcoming places for everyone. Uh, did anybody happen to watch Cocoa Golf win the US Open? Mm-hmm. I sure did. Um, In addition to her amazing year, this U.S. Open was special for other reasons in San Francisco. Um, Our general manager went to New York during this U.S. Open to receive the U.S. Tennis Association's Outstanding Facility of the Year Award on behalf of the Lisa and Doug Goldman Tennis Center. Of the 29 tennis centers nationwide that received this award, the Goldman Center received the top spot of Featured Facility It's an exciting uh, win for Reckon Park and the Tennis Coalition of San Francisco, our partner in in delivering that project, and Lifetime Activities, who runs the facility now. Uh, We thank everyone for their hard work to make the Goldman Tennis Center an award-winning attraction. We also had a US Open watch party at the Tennis Center on September 9th, where hundreds of people packed the courts to watch Coco Gauff win. Um, and during that event, the Tennis Coalition celebrated our general manager for all his work on that project. Uh, Late last month, we also celebrated the reopening of HERS playground in McLaren Park with a ribbon cutting ceremony. The $338 million makeover made way for several improvements, including two new play areas geared toward different age groups and filled with entertaining and educational play opportunities. HERS also received major landscaping upgrades, as well as new paths, walkways, benches, picnic tables, tables, drinking fountains. The HERS playground resignations are significant for many reasons, including that they will complement the new rec center, which is currently under um, construction. Uh, The new playground marks the 10th of 13 playgrounds slated for renovation through the Let's Play SF initiative. Uh, as you know, that is a public private partnership to bring creative playscapes, playscapes to neighborhoods across the city as prioritized by our citizen task force. Um, and one of my favorites, Flower Piano. The Gardens of Golden Gate Park recently held one of their most beloved and popular events Flower Piano. Uh, the event converts the botanical garden into an al fresco concert venue where music and nature meet. Dozens of artists play on 12 pianos scattered throughout the gardens. Um, And one of the highlights of the opening day was Latin Grammy winner, tango pianist, arranger and composer, Pablo, and I am apologized. I am not 100% sure how to pronounce his last name. So I will just call him Pablo. We're good friends now, Um, (laughs) played at the lounge. Um, This year welcomed a record-breaking 65,000 visitors across the five days. Uh, A Flower Piano. And the new Flower Piano Lounge, which held more intimate concerts, welcomed over 3,000 guests. Enjoying live music in the parks is the epitome of summer in San Francisco, and this year's Flower Piano was one for the books. As always, we thank our partners, the Gardens of Golden Gate Park and Sunset Piano, for putting on this very, very special event. Fall Giants Academy is next. This summer, and the San Francisco Giants Community Fund and Rec Park partnered to launch their first ever baseball and softball academy. I feel like I should probably let Commissioner Jupiter Jones talk about this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> After a successful summer academy, the Giants Academy is back for fall starting on September 23rd. The free program lasts eight weeks and provides young players from middle school to high school a challenging curriculum, allowing them to work on their game in preparation for their school season. The Academy will continue this fall on Saturdays at Crocker Amazon Playground from September 23rd to November 4th. There are practices followed by a game. Anyone who is interested in registering uh, can register at academy.sfrec.leagueapps.com. That's academy.sfrec.leagueapps.com.
1: That concludes the general manager's report. All right. Thank you, Sarah. I miss him.
0: <laughs> is there any public <laughs> comment in room 416 on the general managers report? <clears throat> okay, is there anyone with their hand raised on our public line? No. okay. seeing no public comment, public comment is closed. I'm now gonna to move to general public comment, item four. This is for items that are not on today's agenda. I do have quite a few blue cards. Um, the way we generally handle item four is we do 15 minutes at 15 minutes. Um, I'll check in with the president and if she elects to go further, we can. Otherwise, the rest of those comments will happen during item 11. Um, And if you have questions about that, don't hesitate to come ask me. But again, 15 minutes for item four, and then I'll check in with the president. I'm going to start with Tess Wellborn, and I'm also going to call up the next two people, Patsy Ferguson and I think Bill. Um, You can kind of hang out over here on the side
4: while Tess speaks. Please come forward, Tess. Good morning, Commissioners. Uh, if I could have the overhead, please. Uh, I'm here this morning to talk with you about the Farmers Market here at Civic Center, the heart of the city. Farmers Market, the only nonprofit farmers market. Do you know that it's patronized by some 25 to 30,000 city residents? People come from all over, not just the Tenderloin, to this farmers market for its excellent produce, fresh fish, flowers, fruit. And the people of the Tenderloin are patronizing that because they don't have a supermarket. (laughs) And that is it. So this is one of the reasons why it is crucially important that the farmer's market be restored to its original location on the UN Plaza. I see people, there's no signs, first of all, except for some handmade signs, directing people to the temporary location now, another part of the problem is there's, what are the plans? We've, we've heard that uh, there's a six-month pilot. Then we've heard that it got changed to a two-year pilot. Then we are told, well, what, what is the plan? Uh, where's the budget? Where's the money coming from? Uh, why hasn't there been a public process? Uh, I, I do remember that there was a, a one outreach in the, uh, Farmer's market a couple of years ago, and uh, people were asked to write their thoughts on a post it. I think that you will agree with me that that 's an insufficient way of providing feedback on proposed plans. So if you look at the uh, picture now, one of our concerns is we were promised that if the bricks were removed, that they would be removed carefully and stored on Treasure Island. Well, as you can see, there's a a lack of care in removal here in this picture I took yesterday. Um, There are many more questions that we have, but the the crying need is for this farmer's market that has been there for something like 42 years to return. Thank Thank you. Thank you.
0: Okay, so next we'll have Patsy and then Bill and then, oh, Hillary, would you like to go? Sorry, Patsy. Hillary, please go ahead, and then Patsy, and then Bill.
5: Uh, good morning, Methil commissioners. This is Hillary Brown. Yeah, y'all know me. I'm am I'm, I'm Prozac District Five. I'm here to speak in behalf of my constituency because see, it, being my constituent who lives in the line, they live in like SROs, so most likely they'll have their own kitchen. They were lying. The, the market to get their food, like their fruits and vegetables and things like that. Fortunately for me is I live in the, I live in the Fillmore. I live near Safeway and I got a good pension, a disabled pension. But I'm thinking about my constituency, who who at who, who at the park market. Like one day about the current foreign market, people have might have accessibility concerns, like people who use wheelchairs. Like people who live in the neighborhood, the Tinloy neighborhood, have a hard time navigating in the neighborhood, and they might have a hard time navigating more where the farm market is currently at. As we know, it were not no community impact when coming to the farm market. I had a chance to express this concern at my project meeting regarding to the Union Plaza plan. I express how my constituents were against that. I'm glad to have the opportunity to, to do so. And and another thing I want to say is people who have to, to catch BART, who maybe live in different parts of the city, had to catch BART, they have to navigate hardly to go to the farmers market. That is a concern. And people who are like completely blind or very close to be blind. Maybe have a nev- different time navigating to the new current park system where custom has leaders here. Thank and you. I also used to live in Timberland for 16 years, so I understand exactly where you're coming from. Thank, thank you, you, Hillary. Thank
0: you, Hillary. Okay, Patsy, and then Bill, and then May.
6: Okay, hi, I'm Patsy Ferguson, and I want to talk about the Marina Project. I live with my husband in a one-bedroom apartment, so it's not an issue that matters only to wealthy homeowners. I'd like to make two points. Uh, First, I was at the meeting on August 23 when 130 very unhappy people showed up to protest the plan to build the new boat harbor in front of Marina Green. A number of them also complained that the cleanup of the pollution in Gas House Cove was inadequate. Those are the two issues people care about. They want a thorough cleanup of Gas House Cove, and they don't want a new boat harbor built in front of Marina Green that would destroy a rare and irreplaceable and historic and beloved promenade along the waterfront. So I was upset when I got a follow-up email from Reckham Park asking me to fill out a survey that didn't mention either of those points. I imagine those surveys will be used to say the public supports this project, but that just isn't so. There's no way to register opposition on that survey. I really think this project should be tabled immediately since there's been no real opportunity for public input. And what little has been allowed has all been negative. No one wants this project because it's a bad idea. And then my second point is the settlement with pg and was to clean up Gas House Cove. So I don't understand why any money is being used for anything else. It's a misuse of funds. That money is not for Reckham Park to spend as they please to provide a new revenue source. It's for cleaning up the cove. And so I ask you to please clean up the cove as much as you can and then put the boats back there. That's what's best for San Francisco. And that's what the public wants. Thank you, Patsy.
0: Bill, and then May, and then Greg.
7: Good morning, commissioners. Uh, my name is Bill Clark, and I'm here to speak about the proposed new boat harbor to be built in the open water in front of Marina Green. I'm a boat owner with a berth in West Harbor. I'm different from most berth holders in that uh, seafaring activity is not the only reason I have a boat there. I'm equally passionate about the whole Marina Green Park experience of which my boat is a part. I probably spend more time in the park, either on my boat or taking walks along the waterfront, than most park enthusiasts. Uh, <clears throat> spending nearly every day and a couple of nights each week. I suppose you could call it my office, but it's more my think-tank research writing sanctuary, the place I feel more at home than my apartment. It is difficult to put into words why the park resonates so much with me, but I am a nature devotee and my boat became the means by which I could become more immersed in the experience of nature afforded by the park. The appeal has everything to do with the perfect balance among the various components of the waterfront and surrounding landscape as well as the vibe of what it feels like to be within it. There is a balance between the densities of east and west harbor that that bookend the open space and viewscape from Marina Green, the stark genius of the green's simplicity acting as a foil and stage for the nature show unfolding across the bay before you. The buzz of urban life that fades against the subliminal allure of an unrelenting panorama. The creativity of the past expressed to the architecture of the Palace of Fine Arts as it relates to the more modern grand gesture of the Golden Gate Bridge, one of the world's great man-made structures. And there is a sense that you are repeating history, traversing the grounds that have remained pretty much intact since their inception in the early 1900s as others have done before you. As the all the aforementioned components contribute to a park as undeniably unique place, subtly larger than life, an awe-inspiring place to spend time. This is a roundabout way of expressing my opposition to a new boat harbor in front of Marina Green. Such an outcome would be a travesty against nature, alter the delicate balance that exists in the park, anger and demoralize citizens of San Francisco, and blindside- uh... Thank you,
0: Bill, time's up, thank you. May, and then Greg, and then Erin.
8: Hi. Oh, whoa. Good morning. Hi, I'm May Ng and I'm a resident of the marina. I'm here to speak to you about the marina project as well. And I wanna say that most of us who are speaking to you are part of the Keep the Waterfront Waterfront Open organization. There is a rumor that there's big money behind what we're doing. I wanna assure you this is a grassroots organization. It's mostly retired people. It's volunteer-based, no one is being paid, so please stop that rumor. Um, There's no other organizations that we know of that's opposing this, there's no big money. The emails that you're receiving are from real people. They're not robo-generated. And I wanna submit um, 150 personal comments that were included in those emails in case you'd think they're just a template. Um, I also want to talk about, somebody mentioned about the surveys, Um, you know, San Francisco is known for DEI, right, but the people who have filled out the survey and invited to the meetings, who attended the meetings, were mostly white. Um, Bill goes to the marina every day, he takes pictures, and on one, any given day, it could be 80% people of color who use it. and you know this is kind of the living room of the city um and so these people aren't being represented so i know that you know rpd says that they have limited funds for outreach in a few weeks we were able to get over 250 signatures on a petition. And these are the names of all the people who have signed the petition and disagree, oppose this project.
1: Do you mean 2050? You said
8: 250. Two, sorry, 2,005. over 2,500. Yeah, because that looked like a lot more than 250. Okay, Okay, thank
0: you. I have Greg and then Aaron and then Hank. (laughs) All
9: right, thank you. Thank you, Commissioners, for your time and efforts on this commission. I'm Greg Blaine. I'm a resident of the marina. With regard to your item next month and your possible vote next month about the marina improvement project, I have a question where expanding the West Harbor across the last remaining open water view on the north side will be considered. As a policy-making board, rather than a governing board, will your vote be advisory to Rec and Park or will it be directive? In other words, if you vote against this overwhelmingly unpopular plan, is Rec and Park required to comply or can it take your vote under advisement and proceed with the plan anyway? That's my question. Thank you.
0: I have Erin and then Hank and then Celine.
10: Good morning. I just wanna say thank you first of all for listening to us. I know that you're probably getting a little tired of Marina residents complaining but in case you're wondering why we all feel really passionate about this, it's because the Marina Green is more than just a park to us, it really is the organizing attribute of our neighborhood. I walk there several times a day. All my dog-owning friends also walk there several times a day. My kids played soccer there when they were growing up. And we all spent all of our time recreating on that area. And the view is great, but this isn't a view situation for me or for most of the people that live in the marina. There's probably only 40 houses that it might affect. This is really about the magnificence of that piece of land and what we get out of just sitting there and looking at open nature. So I just wanna point out that when this settlement was made in 2021, this is a press release from the city attorney's office and it explicitly says the cleanup of the site will allow San Francisco Recreation and Park Department to design and implement a project to improve the small craft harbor, including replacing failing docks in the East Harbor. Three months later, a settlement was negotiated by Phil Ginsburg, I presume, that was completely different than that directive, and I don't understand why. Nobody wants this, and I know, actually I do understand why. It's all about the dredging. It's all about the dredging that happens every year, and I would imagine that's a big line item for your budget, but that is not what this lawsuit was about, and it's not serving the rest of the public. So I just wanna say that as the mother of two 20-somethings, they will never afford a home, let alone a boat, so I don't really know what this project is serving. Thank you.
0: Thank you. President Anderson, we're at one minute. Yeah, why don't we Uh, move on to the next. Okay, so for the remaining uh, individuals who'd like to speak, we're going to be moving on to the next item, but public comment, general public comment will happen during item 11. So whether you filled a blue card out or you didn't, you still have an opportunity to speak during item 11. Okay. So uh, we are now on item 5, the consent calendar. Um, is there anyone who would like to take anything off of consent today? Okay. Um, I will go ahead and take public comment on item 5. I don't believe I have any cards for item 5. Is there anyone here to speak on anything under item 5? Yes, something on the consent calendar? Uh,
11: yeah. India Basin Waterfront
0: okay. Uh, yep. YOU'LL HAVE TWO MINUTES.
12: GOOD MORNING, COMMISSIONERS. MY NAME IS BECK TRAVESH, REPRESENTING THE SAN FRANCISCO PARKS ALLIANCE, SPEAKING IN SUPPORT OF RESOLUTIONS FOR CONTINUED FUNDING OF THE INDIA BASIN WATERFRONT PARK. AT THE PARKS ALLIANCE, OUR VISION IS FOR EVERY PARK AND PUBLIC SPACE IN SAN FRANCISCO TO BE WELCOMING AND VIBRANT, strengthen COMMUNITY CONNECTIONS AND BELONG TO EVERYONE. We believe in activating public spaces, bringing people into their parks, building community and ownership, and keeping our public spaces dynamic. As a partner on this project, the SF Parks Alliance has the privilege of supporting the implementation of the Equitable Development Plan, which is engaging the community to activate this site. These activations aim to preserve local culture and foster equity and community cohesion. We support these resolutions as they are critical towards the realization of this widely impactful waterfront park at India Basin. This park is a crucial part of the continued push towards equitable park access in the Bayview. We'd like to thank RPD for their continued efforts to support the equitable development plan and the collective effort to ensure the success of this park. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Okay, anyone else here for item 5? Okay. And I don't think we have any hands raised on our public line for item five. So seeing no further public comment, public comment is closed. Commissioners?
1: We're gonna have a vote to approve. the
13: mm-hmm. so The
0: consent calendar.
1: Second? Second. All those in favor state aye. 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 Any
0: opposed? All right, consent calendar is approved. Thank you, okay. We are now on item six, election of officers. We will start with um, the seat of president. We will then move to vice president. I will um, call, a, call for a motion to um, open nominations. And then once we have a nomination, we can vote on that after you all discuss. Um, and then I will call for a motion to open nominations for vice president and so forth. So we can start with the Office of President.
1: All right, I have on the request to speak, Larry Mazzola Jr.
14: Thank you. Um, I would like the privilege to nominate somebody today that loves parks, that has been fighting for parks and will continue to fight for parks, that understands labor and the people that maintain the parks and has, that has been mentored under Mark Buell for the last so many years. So it is my privilege today to nominate Kat Anderson for president.
1: Thank you, Larry. Then I have Joe
15: Hallacy. I would like to second that nomination. Uh, Chris Pollock, the historian for the Recreation and Park Department um, has said that Since 1900, when the Park and Rec Commission moved under the banner of the City and County of San Francisco, there have only been three female presidents in 123 years. And I think that's interesting, sad in another way, and that's not why, however, I'm seconding this nomination. Uh, Kat Anderson is the most experienced person on this commission. She has seven years She is the sitting vice president. I have known her for three years We're not just colleagues. We're friends and And I'll also say that that she puts her heart and soul into everything she does Commission related or otherwise and it's my pleasure to second this nomination
1: Thank you, Joe
0: All right, let's move to a vote on that nomination. So we we will do a roll call vote. Should we see if anybody else wants to be nominated? Is there anyone else that wants to make a nomination?
1: Then we can close nominations for president.
0: All right, so we'll take a roll call vote. Would you like me to call the roll? Please. Okay. On the motion to um, elect Kat Anderson, president of the commission, Commissioner Halsey. Yes. Commissioner Jupiter-Jones. Yes. Commissioner Louie. Yes. Commissioner Mazzola. Yes. Commissioner Wintraub. Yes. Commissioner Zwart. Yes. And Commissioner Anderson. Okay. (laughs) Yes. Congratulations. Would you like to say anything before we move on?
1: I would. And I'm a little bit nervous. (laughs) I made some notes. I don't want to forget anybody. First of all, I just want to say, Thank you. I want to say thank you to our mayor, Mayor London Breed, my friend, our friend, and our greatest, what does Phil say, park champion in chief. Mayor, none of us would be here, literally, without you. And it is a pleasure to serve you, because I know how much you love our great city and our parks and the investment that you've made, especially in children, youth, and families, and in all of us. Thank you, from the bottom of my heart, for the honor of serving you and the citizens of San Francisco, the residents of San Francisco. And I want to mention our non-human furry friends there, too. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much, Mayor, and everybody in your administration, and in all of Rec and Park Department. Look up here. This is an historic moment in a 120-year history of this commission, which com- became combined recreation and park in 1950. This is the first time a woman has presided over a majority female commission, and it is amazing to say that in the city and county of San Francisco, the most progressive city possibly in the world. This is a proud moment for everyone. Thank you, women and those who love women. (laughs) And from my standpoint, the leadership of the department is majority female. Phil is a very smart man, and the women that he has chosen to lead with him are even smarter, and he knows that. Thank you, Phil. I want to thank Ashley Summers here and her predecessor, Margaret MacArthur, who have served this commission with incredible ethics, care, and love. They make sure that we do what we're supposed to do. Which, and the most important thing is to make sure that the public is aware that there's transparency and that everyone gets a chance to speak and say their piece and say their mind. She keeps us on track and on point, Ashley and Margaret before her. Thank you, Ashley, and thank you, Margaret. (laughs) We have learned a lot about ourselves on this commission and more importantly about the people who live in this city. We've learned a lot about communication And I am proud of what we do to reach out to the community. I know it's imperfect, but you know what? Do you know how hard it is to reach out to people when folks don't want to look at stuff that reaches their mailbox, don't want to look at things that get hung on their (laughs) doorknobs, don't want to read emails, uh, might not have time to see a flyer, uh, you know just it just goes on and on and on it you know we we try everything we 've got social media going we we try everything it 's really, really, really hard to reach out to nine hundred thousand people and our department does a heck of a job. Is it perfect? No, but there are procedures that have been developed over time, and we follow them. we really do we listen and especially out of what's been happening with India Basin and the stakeholders there. We've learned to listen with eyes and ears open in ways that maybe have recently been opened in, in ways that they should've and that is right and good. And I see Jackie out there and she's a part of that. And I just, I wanna thank you for that. The changes that have occurred, especially out of our India Basin experience have been transformative for the city, for that community and for me personally and I thank you Jackie please let everybody know my brothers and sisters out in the Bayview where I had my restaurant word you know I've been with you guys for a long time we cannot make everybody happy at once please know that we are balancing everything that we can all that we hear from all of you and that is very very important to me and I know it's important to everybody on this commission and then at some point we have to make a judgment call And it's painful when we cannot make everybody happy. We know that, but know that we are doing our best. And just like you are advocating for your position, we have to try to advocate for everybody at once. And do you know how hard that is? When there are diametrically opposed views, at some point decisions must be made. And I trust the judgment of my colleagues This has been an amazing experience in my personal life since Saturday. I have dealt with the the nervous breakdown of a dear friend. I had to go down to LA, finding out that my best friend and family member has cancer and also celebrated the marriage of people in their 60s just to prove that love conquers all. This has been an amazing time in my life and I just wanna express gratitude for everything that life brings every experience that deepens one's understanding and compassion. I want to welcome Carrie here, who founded a nonprofit about girls running. Is that right? And I want to welcome Brianna here, who, uh, let's see, I took some notes. Hold on here. Carrie is also a vineyard partner, which could be very interesting for us when we have a party. And and Brianna is a senior director at Microsoft, a very busy person, who has also been president of the Commission on the Status of Women. So you must be really celebrating this moment with me. You don't know us, so I want each of my colleagues to please introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about yourself, give it 30 seconds, and then tell us what is your favorite park or space in our system. Larry, would you please start? (laughs) He didn't know I was gonna do this.
14: Introduce myself?
1: Yeah, (laughs) tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, You know, tell us a secret. We know about the union stuff, tell us.
14: (laughs) You don't wanna hear my secret. <laughs> um, Larry Mazzola, I'm the business manager of the Plumbers Union, Local 38 in San Francisco. I'm also the president of the San Francisco Building Trades. I have many favorite parks, most of them in the Sunset District where I grew up, right outside of the Sunset District over on Slope Boulevard. Um, the mo- park I played in the most was Rolf Nickel Park, or Nicole, Rolf Nickel Park, I think, on Eucalyptus. Um, So that's probably my favorite park. It's probably the most unknown one too, but that's right down the street from my parents' house where I grew up, so thank thank you. you.
1: And some people also call him Tiger.
16: All right, Annie. Hi, I'm Annie Jupiter Jones. I'm proud to be born and raised in San Francisco, where I still live in my home Mission District. I have three daughters that I've raised in this district. Um, My day job is I'm a community arts administrator and um, I'm a girls' baseball advocate, which you'll hear a lot about. Um, my favorite park, or the park we spend the most time in, is, is Crocker Amazon. And mostly because it's home to the world-famous national champion Bay Sox girls' baseball program.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Annie. Venita.
17: Venita um, Louie here. Um, it's my... Uh, un- Unmute you. They're I unmuted, unmuted you. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm Vanita Louie. Uh, this is my second year on the commission. Um, native of San Francisco, um, there isn't a day that I don't go to Golden Gate Park. I spend um, time four thirty to five o'clock. You can find me on the grounds of the Valley of the Conservatory of Flowers. Um, since the closure of um, JFK promenade it has been a jewel a gem that everybody is out there enjoying when you've had a really crappy day uh, or you've had a good day that is a, a, a really sacred spot to be one of my other favorite parks is of course Francisco Park because that is the um, the residents of Russian Hill really wanted that reservoir to be rebirthed and rebuilt. When, t- when, when the residents invest in philanthropy money of $27 million, that says a resounding um, voice that they really want a beautiful park there. Um, and they raised the money and they built that wonderful park for dogs and for people. And I want to congratulate you, President Kat. And I want to welcome um, our new sisters here, uh, Carrie and Brianna, and um, that's it for now.
1: Thank you.
15: Joe. Like Commissioner Jupiter Jones, Commissioner Mazzola, and Commissioner Louie, I am also a San Francisco native. I'm a product of the pools and fields and gyms and playgrounds of San Francisco. Um, I'll mention two parks in particular i grew up in the ingleside ocean view neighborhood and most of my time as a kid was at minnie lovey park and now i'm two blocks from golden gate park i live in the inner sunset and uh, i love to run run there three or four days a week and um, i think all of us will say we love all the parks but those are just uh, two of my favorites
1: thank you joe
18: do you want to go, Carrie? Would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Um, well, I'm really honored to be here and to be joining the commission. Thank you. And it'll be great to serve under you, um, to serve you, Um I actually grew up in the Adirondack Mountains in upstate New York, so I'm a nature kid. And when I chose to move here 25 years ago, I immediately found the parks. I'm a lifelong runner. Um, I started running through Golden Gate Park and any trails and and paths in between. Um, And I've raised my three daughters here. um, And so between all of us, and my husband's a big runner, and we have a dog named Chrissy Field. Um, <laughs> we we are constantly in the parks, I, it's like limitless, um, particularly Golden Gate Park. Um, I'm now cheering for my daughter, who's a cross country runner, and going to the invitationals there. I'm a terrible tennis player, have been a lifelong t- terrible tennis player, but I'm getting better because I take the clinics at Goldman, the Goldman Center. Um, and I've just always loved the parks, and so I really am just so honored and excited to now be you know, more engaged and and more deeply involved with Rec and Park. So thank you. Thanks, Carrie. Would you like to go, Brianna? Yay. So hi,
19: everyone. Thank you so much for having me. Um, As you heard, my name is Brianna Swart. I grew up uh, in a little town right on the border called El Centro, uh, California. So I'm not a native San Franciscan like some folks here, but I'm raising a a San Franciscan for sure. And I absolutely believe that the space and access to it is essential for all of us. Um, I was very sick for much of my pregnancy and the Balboa Park pool saved me for that. Um, So I'm very appreciative for all the facilities. Happy to play tennis with you anytime, Carrie, as well a lot of fun. Um, And a shout out to one of my neighbors, an incredible mom who created the San Francisco Parks Passport. Uh, My son and I really enjoy going through that and visiting all the parks and playing uh, to see what's new, what what dirt and fun things we can get into and and play with. Um, My husband is an avid biker and has taken up fly fishing because at Golden Gate Park, there's an anglers club and casting ponds. So what I love about this city is you never know what you can get into or where it can go, but there's treasures around every corner and I'm committed to making sure that those treasures are uh, equitable, accessible, and for all. And I'm humbled and honored to, to be here and to continue service for this great city and county. And thank you for your leadership, President Anderson.
1: Thank you, Brianna. Hi, everybody. I'm Kat Stewart Anderson. Want to mention my proud Scottish heritage. Um, I'm a native Californian fifth generation on my mother's side and a southerner on my dad's side. My dad's family helped settle this country, starting in Virginia. I'm very proud of that. I'm very proud of being a native daughter of California on the other side. I was born in the San Fernando Valley and I grew up in Little Rock, Arkansas and I returned to California two weeks after graduating from Little Rock Central High. I went to UC Irvine and Stanford University and I went to UC Hastings known as UC Law San Francisco. I have been in San Francisco for over 35 years. It is my adopted home. I would like to say I'm a native San Franciscan but I can say that I gave birth to two native San Franciscans. Um, I really love the outdoors. I would prefer to be outdoors than anywhere else. I walk everywhere. My favorite park is the Marina Harbor. I live a few blocks away, and I walk it almost every single day. Part of that area is owned by the Golden Gate National Recreation Area, But then I take a left turn and my next favorite place is the grounds around the Palace of the Fine Arts. And I also love Moscone Rec Playground Library, Marina Library, because that's where I spent most of my time with my children. And we do have an amazing park system. And whenever I go out of town, I try to visit other park systems and particularly botanical gardens. I really love those. And like I said before, my experience on the commission has been transformative. And I'm especially proud that every time I'm driving around, I'm like, yeah, I live within a 10-minute walk of a park like every other resident in San Francisco. And I drive by about a zillion of them before I even get to City Hall. And I'm so proud of, of the work that we're doing. So thank you all. I accept this
0: position. And I'm honored. So let's see now. What next? <clears throat> well, because the election resulted in a vacancy of the vice president seat, um, we can open nominations for vice president. I uh, will need a motion and a second to open nominations.
9: So moved.
1: Need a second. Oh, second. <laughs> all right. And then all, all in favor? favor to open Say the aye. nomination? Aye. 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 All, any opposed? All right, nominations for vice president are open. Yes, but I'm going to, you're going to, after Annie. I'm going to go Annie and then Vanita. Does that work? Are you going to nominate Joe? I can. Okay, go ahead, Annie. But do you... Okay, let Vanita go first.
17: Sorry. (laughs) We can both speak at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) So uh I sit on the ch- on the committee of the operations uh committee. And um it's really fun. It's a really fun committee to sit on and our chair is um Commissioner Joe Hallacy. And um Joe Hallacy Commissioner, you represent everything fair. You're so humble and you are so kind and you represent everything good. And, and Joe knows how to run a meeting because he moves things along. Um, so uh, President uh, Anderson, if you ever have to take a rare absent, you know, we're, you're in really, really we're all in really good yeah, hands for sure. So he, he comes with a really well-rounded oversight skills. And he, it, because he was a fireman and he was a PE teacher, and he was a youth uh, baseball coach. And he's also a labor guy like, like Larry. And being a native, he spoke about how he understands and loves all the pools and parks. So he would be a real asset to be vice president of our commission. And um, everyone knows him. I, and th- for those who don't, he is, has a legendary broadcasting voice. So he, <laughs> he, he sounds really good when he talks into these little microphones here. He sounds like a, a, a radio announcer, but he's just not basketball. He's baseball and volleyball and graduations at SF State. So he's, he's uh, in, in high demand. So we're in really good shape. And for that, I would like to nominate Commissioner Joe Hallisey as Vice President of this commission. Thank you, Vanita. Annie.
16: So I would like to second that nomination. So my buddy... Commissioner Halisey and I were appointed to this commission at the same time and had the very unique experience of being appointed in the middle of the height of the pandemic. So spent um, a lot of time, a lot of our onboarding virtually. Um, And I'm just really grateful to have done this with you. We learned together, Um, you know, a lot has been said that I'll echo, but Commissioner Halisey loves this city truly. And he shows up always and shows up authentically to all events in all parts of the city, spanning all the different buckets of work that the department does. And because of that, every time he makes a decision, whether it be a hard, controversial decision, whether it be a seemingly easy choice where everybody seems to be on the same page, um, your decisions, his decisions are always extremely thoughtful extremely informed, extremely fair, and very authentic. You always speak from the heart, and I have the here, here. utmost trust in your leadership, here. and I'm excited to second the nomination for vice president. Thank you, Thank Joe. Thank you, Annie. Are will okay. you to come coach some baseball. <laughs> are there any
0: other nominations for vice president? Hearing none,
1: nominations are closed.
0: Now we can take a roll call vote on the office of vice president. Uh, nomination is Joe halsey Commissioner Anderson. Aye. Commissioner Louie. Yes. Commissioner Jupiter Jones. Yes. Commissioner Mazzola. Yes. Commissioner Wintraub. Yes. Commissioner Zwart. Aye. And Commissioner Halsey
15: I could not say no after those following <laughs> <laughs> recommendations. Um, uh, I would thank you so much. Uh, Commissioner Jupiter-Jones, Commissioner Louie. I feel the same about you. You, too, as well as Commissioner Mazzola and now President Anderson. Uh, Always speak from the heart. And uh, whenever you do that, it's going to be well-received. I've been very lucky. I've been on the commission for three years now. Had the great opportunity to work under President Mark Buell. I also, though, had the great pleasure to work under three outstanding vice presidents, Alan Lowe, Eric McDonald, and Kat Anderson. And I will just say that they set a tremendous example for me, and I will do everything I can to live up to uh, everyone's faith in me. I appreciate it, thank you.
0: Congratulations, Vice President. Thank you. you. Wonderful. Okay, so now I'll take public comment on item six. One more thing, little,
1: little thing. I just wanted to share a blessing that I hold dear, and it goes like this. Life is short, and we do not have too much time to gladden the hearts of those who walk this way with us. So be swift to love, and make haste to be kind. And the blessing of the creator who made us, who loves us, and who travels with us be with you now and forever. Amen. Public comment? Oh, Phil Ginsberg. Oh. Oh, that would be Sarah. (laughs) How did he do that?
2: Thank you, President Anderson. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't say thank you to all of you commissioners. Welcome to our new commissioners on behalf of the general manager and the staff. And we are so, so lucky to have such a dedicated group of people who care about the work that we all do, um, trust us and question us. Um, And we're uh, we're just very lucky to have you. We appreciate you and congratulations to both of you, to to our new commissioners and to our new president and vice president. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. I think we can do public comment now.
0: Is there any public comment in room 416 on item 6? Seeing none, do we have any hands raised on our line? No hands raised there. So seeing no public comment, public comment is closed. We are now on item 7, the San Francisco Zoo report.
1: Hello, Nancy.
0: Hello, President
1: Anderson. <laughs> I like the sound of that. Okay. <laughs>
20: Good morning, Nancy Chan, and on behalf of the San Francisco Zoo and Gardens, I would like to congratulate President Anderson and Vice President Hallisey. Thank you. It's going to be a great run from, um, you, you guys know us so well, um, and also I'd like to welcome our new commissioners. If you'd like to come out to the zoo, let us know, and anybody else for that matter. Um, here is our most recent report. Let's see. Over. Labor Day weekend, we opened the first portion of the Lippman Family Madagascar Center, a new animal area devoted to Malagasy wildlife and one of the world's biggest biodiversity hotspots. As part of the first uh, first phase opening, we introduced our female Fusa to her new habitat, which is a multi-level habitat and where you can see this apex predator that is related to the mongoose but similar to a small cougar. Fooses are an endangered species threatened by habitat loss. The lower level of the area was also reopened after being closed for construction, allowing a greater visitor flow into a high-trafficked area. The baobab tree and invertebrates is the other portion of the New Madagascar Center. uh, The giant baobab tree, and ours is about 30 feet in height, can be entered from the upper level where guests can find African uh, invertebrate species such as the Madagascar hissing cockroach, tropical wood cockroaches, an orb weaver spider, giant millipedes, and ghost mantids. This is where we put cockroaches on display. National Hispanic Heritage Month, we are recognizing National Herita- uh, Hispanic Heritage Month now through mid-October by celebrating our diverse community and the various rare and endangered species that are representative in both Mexico and the US, such as the Mexican gray wolf, which has seen a slight recovery after its near brush with extinction. Guests can also see wildlife native to South and Central America throughout the zoo, such as our Andean condor, giant anteater, and a host of beautiful bird species. On September 16th and 17th, we host our first art safari presented by Highlands 41. This was a chance to align animals and art together under the theme, Animals Amaze, Conservation Saves. Kids could do chalk coloring, poster printing, origami, and painting with vegetables. There's also live music, vendor booths, and wine tasting, plus a professional muralist who painted one of our blank fences. Uh, the zoo is known for its permanent sculpture art collection, including the Sculpture Art Plaza, featuring 100 tactile, realistic animal sculptures. And during Art Safari, we also commemorated our newest art installation, a 30-foot-long mosaic tiled mural that is a homage to our African savanna animals and a celebration of our support of giraffe conservation. The mural, which took three years to conceive, fabricate, and install, is located in the tunnel leading to the middle of the African savanna. In honor of International Red Panda Day on September 16th, animal staff were set up at the Red Panda Treehouse area in the exploration zone to provide information on endangered red pandas and to speak to guests about their challenges in the wild, with less than 2,500 wild red pandas remaining in their native Himalayas. As a flagship species, red pandas are threatened by habitat loss, human encroachment, and illegal hunting. We support the work of the Red Panda Network, which works to protect and save this one-of-a-kind species. Last weekend, we had uh, sneak peeks for our Harvest Hallow hay maze that was installed by Arada Pumpkin Farm from Half Moon Bay. This is considered one of the city's largest hay mazes and features a hay pit and toddler maze. We're adding more decorations, and it will be uh, open through mid-November. Uh, The Fall monarch butterfly migration has begun, so the states north and east of California are beginning to see monarchs departing, and they will continue moving toward their wintering sites along the California coast over the next two months. Unfortunately, monarch butterflies have experienced dramatic declines in recent years, decreasing by as much as 95 percent due to habitat loss, pesticide use, disease, and climate change. You can help monarchs by planting flowering plants, cutting back on tropical milkweed, And you can plant monarch-safe plants with no pesticides. And uh, just this Monday, we celebrated the 14th birthday of our male Bornean orangutan, Barani. He received a host of wrap treats, which he opened one by one. Bornean orangutans are critically endangered species whose populations are declining due to habitat loss, due to illegal logging in their protected areas, palm oil production, and agricultural expansion. They have nowhere to live due to, that, uh, that, due to the protected areas being decimated. So lastly, upcoming events. Um, we have this weekend the St. Jude Walk. And on October 1st, we're hosting Susan G. Komen's More Than a Pink Walk with over 3,000 participants. On October 14th, we're hosting our annual Furball, ball, which is an after hours themed fundraising event featuring live music, food trucks, and dancing. Tickets are now available. Finally, we're hosting two weekends of our Halloween event, Boo at the Zoo, presented by First Five California. We'll have costume contests, treat stations, and pumpkin treats for the animals. And that's our report. Thank you. All right, we'll move to
0: public comment on the San Francisco Zoo report. Is there anyone here to comment on item seven? Okay, seeing none. Are there any callers with their hands raised? No hands raised, so public comment is now closed. Anything before I move on? Okay. All right. We are now on item eight the Union Square Cafe lease and lease extension.
21: Um, good morning, uh, good morning, President Anderson, Vice President Halsey, um, and welcome to our new commissioners, um, and thank, thank you for all of our commissioners uh, for your service uh, to this commission. Uh, my name is Neil Patel. I'm also relatively new to the department. Uh, I started in February in the property management team. Uh, property management, uh, we uh, manage, kind of establish and manage our long-term leases um, with a variety of vendors to operate things such as our golf courses, uh, the Japanese tea garden, um, and various other things that we don't do in-house. I have the pleasure of serving um, under uh, Deputy Director Dana Ketchum, who manages permits, uh, reservations, and property. Um, She is not able to be here today. Uh, Her daughter is getting married this weekend, so she's a a very busy mother right now. Um, Today, I'm really, really excited and pleased to bring to you um, our lease agreement for our Union Square Cafes. Um, The agenda item today is to discuss and take possible action to authorize uh, the department to enter a lease in agreement with Tyler Florence, um, also known as the greater organization, um, for the purpose of operating two kiosks concessions um, on Union Square Plaza. Um, You have attached in your packet a term sheet dated August 29th, um, and uh, your action would allow us to develop a lease um, for a period up to three years with two potential three-year extensions. Um, based on the terms established on the term sheet. Um, A little bit of overview here. Uh, Union Square is one of our parks in our system. Um, And um, the the lease that we're presenting to you today um, is the conclusion of a five-month long um, RFP process. Um, It was a competitive process. Um, And I'll go a little bit more into kind of the history there. Um, It would activate two currently vacant spaces. um, And um, if we are approved, operations um, in the cafe spaces would begin within 30 days of of lease execution. Um, We have a long history of of cafe operators here. Um, You may remember Rooley's um, operating in the space and then Baccarella's uh, for several years. Um, During the pandemic, they ceased operation and uh, we brought in McCall's. Uh, who's primarily a catering company to um, kind of operate it uh, to help us keep the activity there and the lights on um, on a month-to-month basis. Um, but they uh, decided that it was no longer in their interest to continue operation there. Um, and so we wanted to bring a long-term tenant um, now that the kind of some of the uncertainties around the pandemic are over um, and bring some new life back into this space. Um, A little bit about Union Square, it is a 2.6-acre park. It was established in 1850, um, and it has undergone several renovations over the years. Um, It used to be more kind of grass and tree-like, and now it's primarily a plaza. Um, There are some green spaces on the north and south ends, um, and um, as you can see in this kind of image, there are cafe spaces on the east and the west ends. Um, The Dewey Monument rises in the middle, um, and uh, there's also a stage um, that's kind of tucked there that can accommodate a full-size symphony. Um, I w- I'll talk a little bit about these premises in greater detail. Um, but there are, uh, I think the important thing to know is that there are several buildings here that we're, we're discussing um, and that we would like to activate. Um, the property has uh, two different, we organize it into the East Complex and the West Complex. Um, they all include cafes, um, outdoor veranda seating, as well as storage. Uh, the East Complex, this borders Stockton Street. And um, this has been vacant for some time now. Uh, you can see a, a lovely manicured um, outdoor uh, patio area. Um, and the, the cafe is, is in there. There's a limited ca- uh, seating inside of the cafe, perhaps you know, eight to 10 tables, um, but more seating outside. Uh, the West Complex um, was, was in operation up until last month. Um, and this borders Powell Street. Uh, it's, it's a very open concept. Um, there is no seating inside, but uh, just seating on the outside in that plaza area. Um, and this, this served uh, as a great cafe space for for many years. Uh, this is also adjacent to that space on uh, Powell Street. Um, this used to be a ticket booth. You can kind of get the, the, the day of, last minute theater and entertainment seats. Um, I think when a lot of that activity went online many years ago. Um, This just became, this is now boarded up, more or less, just uh, posters of Union Square. Um, But it is an opportunity for um, a little bit more connection and and more visibility of kind of what's going on in the cafe and what's happening on the plaza. Um, So as I mentioned, you know, with, uh, you know, some of the uncertainties around the pandemic over, we really wanted to embark upon a process um, to find an operator um, to lease these spaces. Um, our goals in mind um, were to find someone that could offer signature food and beverage service um, that really represents the best of San Francisco and really draws people in, whether they are visiting once um, or whether they live here. Um, and we wanted to find something, um, find an operator that really um, Maintains and operates this place kind of the caliber that we expect. You know, there is only one Union Square in San Francisco, and there's only one Union Square in the world. Um, and so we wanted to uh, find someone that really understood that and knew the important place that this this space has in our park system and in our city. Um, I think one really important thing to note is that there is no kitchen. Um, in either of these spaces. Uh, so we were very clear with all of our prospective bidders that uh, they would need a kitchen elsewhere, um, a, a commissary kitchen and be able to have a system of bringing, in, um, bringing materials back and forth um, as needed. So it is an important constraint um, and uh, you know, I think we, we wanna be clear with people that that was the case. Uh, We released the RFP in April. Um, We organized a meeting for prospective uh, bidders as well as uh, five site visits. Um, A lot of these were actually by request. There was um, kind of a drum increasing um, interest as we moved along. Um, We shared this RFP with a variety of organizations, including uh, La Cucina, uh, the Union Square Alliance, the Chamber of Commerce, the African-American Chamber of Commerce, the uh, Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, um, and SF Travel to try and um, really invite a wide variety of of people that have networks of the restaurant and cafe industry. Um, And we received a lot of interest. Um, Over 12 Different businesses kind of participated in one event or more. Um, They walked with us on the plaza. They got to look at all the the nooks and crannies of the spaces. Um, And we received over 51 questions uh, during the process that we uh, responded to. Um, Once we released the RFP, we as staff are not able to have private conversations um, with bidders. We have to make uh, the process uh, very fair. So everything was done um, in the the public realm and um, was recorded, and all of our information was put on our website. Um, In the end, we received six proposals, um, which we were very pleased to receive. Um, And we uh, organized a a selection panel of of people from SF Travel, the Chamber of Commerce, um, and San Francisco's Office of Small Business, um, representing a wide interest people that could help us to sift through those six proposals and find uh, the best proposal. Um, I, I wanted to, again just kind of share a little bit as to how we evaluated these proposals, and you know we kind of wish that we had more spaces um, because we received a lot of interest and a lot of um, great and creative ideas. Um, I think these reflect back to our stated goals of our RFP process. Uh, we wanted to find someone who had done this before. You know, this this didn't. We didn't want this to be the, someone's training wheels um, and their first go at operating a cafe, um, but really someone who had experience doing similar type things in other places. Um, and we wanted to make sure that uh, their financial plan um, was detailed and was sound. You know, we again wanted someone to be successful um, because that's important to our department and important to um, our park system. Uh, And um, in the end, um, the proposal that we're bringing forward with you today um, is with our our hopeful future partner, Tyler Florence. Um, You may recognize him. He is an American chef. Um, He's got uh, over 20 years um, of shows on the Food Network. Um, his local restaurants you may have been to include Wayfair Tavern, uh, Miller and Lux, which is in the Chase Center, um, as well as a couple of uh, concessions in SFO. Um, that, that kind of variety of operations really um, was of interest to us in our selection committee as someone who I think could be really creative with whatever space that they are working in. Um, Tyler Florence as the individual formed the greater organization, and so that um, you'll see that term kind of in our, in our lease documents there. Um, Our proposed lease that we are presenting for you today um, for your potential action is a three-year term with options to renew for two additional three-year terms. Um, That would require kind of the approval, um, the agreement of both parties, um, the department, as well as uh, the greater organization. Um, The rent uh, that we are proposing is 10% of uh, gross receipts over $100,000 every month. Uh, The hours of operation that uh, are uh, suggested here or uh, proposed here. Um, the east complex uh, would be daily from 10 to 7, and the west complex daily from 7 to 7. Um, and operations would, again, commence within 30 days of lease execution. Uh, and I want to talk a little bit about what you know what the offerings are going to be. And this is something that's really exciting. Uh, so the east complex is going to be a little bit more of the savory side. Uh, savory lunch, brunch all day long, uh, rotisserie chicken with uh, a lot of gourmet side dishes, a lot of gourmet salads, uh, and beer, wine, and cocktails as well. Uh, the West Complex, which is, uh, again, that side along Powell Street, uh, would be a bit more of the sweet and breakfast-oriented option. Um, coffee, tea, breakfast sandwiches, uh, this is an image of um, the Uh, executive pastry chef Carla Mara, who had the pleasure of meeting. Um, She's got a great Instagram account. I highly suggest you take a look at it. Um, I'm really excited to uh, have a space to showcase a lot of her pastries and desserts um, in this space. Um, You know, when you look at the East and the West complexes together, um, I think we were really excited by this proposal of something that could serve for a long period of time um, and serve people who are looking for something, um, whether it be a full meal or something sweet to, to nibble on. Uh, so the tenant will operate within uh, the designated indoor and outdoor spaces. Um, and we are including in our potential lease uh, the waiving of um, th- permit fees for up to three activations on an annual basis. Uh, the Tyler Florence team is very interested in you know, helping to activate the space. It's a priority of the city to bring more people downtown. Um, and there's <laughs> a lot of enthusiasm on their part to be a partner in that and bring some of their food and beverages out into the plaza, partnering with local organizations. Um, and so again, the, the commission, um, the, what we're asking for today, um, you, you've seen the term sheet attached in your packet. Um, we're asking for a recommendation um, to approve the term sheet. I'm um, gonna allow us to enter into, into a lease with the greater organization. Um, and just as a note that this um, has been supported by the Union Square Alliance, SF Travel, SF Chamber of Commerce, and Supervisor Aaron Peskin. Um, and I wanna say that um, you know Mr. Florence is here, and I'll ask him to um, speak for a couple minutes if that's okay with Please. the chair. Um, I've, I've spent many hours with him um, on the square looking at all the spaces, hearing about his ideas um, with many of his executive chefs and his team. Um, and I think that there is there is no one else. Um, there's a lot of enthusiasm um, that I've that I've heard for for this space, um, for this project, um, and for the city. And I'm really pleased uh, for you all to get to meet him. So you thank you,
1: me, um, Chef Tyler.
22: Please. Thank you very much. I really really appreciate it. Um, um, President Anderson, Vice President Halsey, uh, Commissioners. It's, it's an absolute pleasure. Uh, to get to usher in this proposal for what we feel is going to be a new era of um, Not only dining, but just sort of confidence in the city of San Francisco um, We're very excited about this opportunity, and I really want to thank uh, the Rex and the park um, uh, Commission also. I want to thank um, Mayor breed uh, for being a real advocate and part of this whole Opportunity to uh, take what is um, such a a prime piece of real estate and a very visible part of San Francisco and plug it back in and turn the lights on in a way that's going to feel very inclusive for everyone in the city of San Francisco. It'll be a place that the city uh, will um, uh, brag about and it will be something that the world will pay attention to. Uh, so we thank you for this opportunity. Uh, you're not going to find harder working partners. Uh, you're not going to find uh, uh, better restaurateurs in the city San Francisco who will be an advocate uh, for Wrexham Park and also be able to deliver. Uh, what we're all looking for, and that's to be able to bring confidence and hope uh, back to uh, major uh, shopping destinations in San Francisco, uh, not only uh, through APAC, which is coming up in the near future, but also the shopping uh, season. Uh, and so we're just really excited about doing this. And I just want to give the chance to, to open this up for any particular questions uh, that you had about uh, anything that we, we plan on working on or any, any thoughts um, while we're doing this.
1: Thank you. To go first.
17: Uh, thank you. Sorry to keep you waiting.
22: <laughs> oh, no problem.
17: Yeah. <laughs> to speak, you know. So, we, we want to thank you for, you know, we grew up, I grew up watching, you know, the Food Network. You usually see me in flannel, uh, flannel pants, but I watched, you know, the f- watching, we watched you grow up. Oh, thank you. So, thank you for um, giving us another reason to come downtown as you occupy this wonderful open space. It is the living room downtown of San Francisco. We already, uh, when I get delayed at the airport, you find me at the TF rotisserie. And so I'm very familiar with your food. And we've all gone to Wayfair Tavern, right? Uh, so we, we want to we thank you uh, for, for making this investment in San Francisco.
22: Well, it's a, our absolute pleasure, and uh, it, it's been a, a team of people that have been working on this from many different organizations, uh, including um, Marissa Rodriguez uh, with Union Square Alliance. I definitely want to thank her uh, for bringing this up to my attention in the first place. Uh, she came to uh, Miller & Lux during the last basketball season, and I got a chance to just sort of meet her at a, randomly at a table, and she said, we have to get you and to Union Square. So she let us know that the RFP would be available. And I don't think we were first in line. I think we were, but we, you know, put together uh, what we felt like a really compelling uh, opportunity for the city just to realize its opportunity. And And so thank you so much uh, for this opportunity for us. And uh, we look forward to just knocking it out of the park. So thank you.
15: Thank you. Joe? Yes, actually, Neil, a couple of questions for you. Uh, just to confirm, the 10% of revenue above 100000 per month, the rent, that's, that's gross receipts, right? It's Correct. not net receipts, so it's gross. Correct. Okay. And provided that everything goes well today, is there an anticipated opening?
21: Um, so we would... We are in lease negotiations currently right now. Um, there is a lot of interest in opening before the APEC conference, um, which, is, which is in November, um, okay. I think early November. Um, so we're hustling uh, to sure. try and get someone in um, to, to try and make this happen um, as quickly as possible.
15: Yeah, I might also add that the Union Square ice skating rink is opening November 1st. That's correct. And will run t- through the middle of January as well, which I think will be a boon for the those cafes. absolutely. And uh, Tyler, thank you for coming in today. I, the, I, I know the history, your history. The Wayfair is super successful. Miller Lux is doing very well. your that Tyler Florence, fresh at SFO, is doing fantastic. and and um, I, i'm I'm pleased that. Not only did you come to our operations committee to speak to us, but you showed up here as well. Neil, this is the second time I've heard your report, and it gets even better. So (laughs) nice job on that. Uh Thank you. Thank you, Joe. Annie.
16: Um, yeah, I just had a, a question. I'm just curious in the RFP process um, if there's a question either within the RFP or maybe that you could answer around kind of local hiring practices and thinking about kind of that impact in yes. bringing a business in.
21: Um, we articulated um, that we would love to see proposers um, kind of give support for LBEs, local business, um, but we we didn't necessarily weight it with a point, um, but we did uh, say that that would be a really a nice thing to include. Um, and the proposal that we received from the greater organization uh, expressed an interest in hiring locally. Um, and so we are we're excited by that.
10: Thank you.
1: Did you wanna say something, Sarah, or is that from a previous request to speak? Oh, okay. I, d- I just wanted to say that, um, you know, this is just so San Franciscan and sort of this, this post COVID frontier, really, especially for restaurant operators, I know firsthand how difficult it has been. So thank you for your courage um, and your tenacity and your entrepreneurial spirit. And I just want to say that there is nothing better than Southern hospitality and comfort food like chicken and pastries. (laughs) So welcome. And everybody come out to Union Square and, and celebrate this new business, please. And patronize it as often as you can and bring everybody from out of town
0: believe we can move to public comment now yeah okay is there anyone in room 416 sixteen would like to comment okay um, why don't you come up first and then it, the next person you just hang out by the wall over here come on up you have two minutes
23: dear wrecking park commissioners my name is Melanie Medina from the Union Square Alliance as we are in full support of Tyler Florence operating the two kiosks on Union Square Plaza in partnership with wrecking park the Union Square Alliance partners with Reckon Park regularly to ensure a clean, safe, inviting, and active location. The cafe's unique activations and offerings will increase economic vitality. These special events, promotions, and experiences will not only draw in a diverse clientele, but also contribute to the neighborhood's cultural richness. Having an open, active, and unique concession on the square are vital for our shared vision of Union Square as part of the downtown recovery. Tyler Florence and the greater organization infuses fresh energy, innovation, and economic activity into the neighborhood, helping it bounce back stronger. This coll- collaboration ensures that the cafe will receive support and resources to thrive, further contributing to the local economy and, and vitality. Through partnerships with local organizations and involvement in community events, the cafe can active, actively engage and support local causes. This demonstrates a commitment to giving back to the neighborhood. The Union Square Alliance strongly supports the proposed lease with Tyler Florence and hope you approve this activation. Thank you all for your time today. Thank you. Next speaker.
13: Um, uh, I guess good morning, commissioners. Uh, David Elliott Lewis. I'm a co-chair of Tenderloin People's Congress. I live at Ellis by Taylor. Uh, Union Square area is in my kind of recreation area. And I'm greatly concerned about this deal that you're striking. It's a sweetheart deal. They can make up to $1. Million, $1.2 million in revenue and not pay any any fees to the city. It's only 100,000 over 100,000 a month. That's 1.2 million a year. When When I look at the past work, that has happened with, like, you know, wreck and park uh, le- leasing. Like the Ferris wheel, for example, which the city totally got screwed on getting, what, a percentage or two of revenues out of that Ferris wheel. You really have to check yourselves and look carefully. Is, is this really in the city's best interest to allow no fee, no rent to be paid for revenues up to ninety-nine dollars or 100000 per month? Also, I'm also concerned about what's called a taking of the commons. This Union Square area, this is a common space. This is the people's commons. And if you're leasing it out to a for-profit tours with high-priced food items that only uh, affluent customers can afford, You know, this is not always in in everyone's best interest, especially our lower income Tenderloin community, which abuts Union Square. It's right up there. I'm really also concerned about what's happening with UN Plaza and this pay-to-play skate ring that's being installed. I know that's another issue. But there's really look at your lease terms. You need to favor the... um, the people and the residents and their needs, not just wealthy entrepreneurs. I'm not saying you shouldn't approve this lease, but take, get rid of this $100,000 cutoff. If they're making money, they should pay rent. There's no $100,000 cutoff. If they make a million a year in revenue, they should pay some rent. According to your deal, they would pay zero rent. That How does that serve San Francisco? So. Look, look over the contract. You know, I caution you to look over the contract and, <clears throat> and really serve our, our, our citizens. And, I, and I, I also ask you to do that for this upcoming pay-to-play skate ring they're putting in UN Plaza, which the skaters, when they were asked about it, said, oh, yes, it sounds like a great idea. None of them knew they had to pay to, to, to skate. And once they learned they had to pay, they're all against it. So look at the contract carefully. Thank you.
1: Thank you, David.
0: I believe we have one one hand raised on the... Is there anyone else in the room to speak on this item? Okay.
24: Yeah, apologies. Um, my name is Lauren Dietrich Chavez. I do work for Rec and Park, but I also live in San Francisco and just want to give public comment. I'm excited for... Um, this activation at Union Square, and I just would like to encourage Tyler Florence and um, company to consider having like a low-priced community meal. It was really sad that La Cucina is going away. Um, We like to go there from our office, and one of the things that I love is that you can get good food at a low price. So if there's a way to work that into your planning, I think that would be a benefit to all San Franciscans. Thank you.
0: Okay, and I believe we have one hand raised on our public line, unless there's anyone else in the room. Okay, can you please unmute the first caller, and if there's anyone else who called in for this item, you can press star three to raise your hand.
25: Good morning, commissioners, um, and President Anderson, VP Hallisey, and everyone there. I just wanna say thank you. My name is Marissa Rodriguez. I'm the CEO of the Union Square Alliance, and I first just want to thank Rec and Park, Neil Patel, for all your tireless hours um, working on this effort. Certainly Dana Ketchum, Shauna Boguetz and Phil Ginsberg for their support. As you all know, our downtown was hit really hard during the pandemic and we are still trying our best to make our way through this, especially with a lot of the negative narrative that's been circulating throughout not only our community, but certainly the rest of the country and the world. And so when somebody like Tyler Florence, wants to bet on our community. I, too, am a San Francisco native. I care so deeply about this city and want to see us emerge successfully. And so thank you, Tyler. Thank you for bringing your energy. I know you will be receptive to the community and to their asks. Um, I, I'm hearing from community members even on this call, and it's, it's so important that we partner, and I'm just so appreciative of your, your energy and know that you will help us. Um, come back and allow our park to reach its full potential. It is our crown jewel. It is what we want to be most proud of. And now more than ever, uh, we need that support and a chance to uh, experience a rebirth. So thank you all. Thank you for your support. And I'm so excited for this opportunity and support it wholeheartedly. Thank you.
1: And uh, Annie would like to speak. Done with public comment.
0: Yeah, there there is no other hands raised on our public line. So public comment is closed.
16: Um, Yeah, I'm just curious about like the question that was raised about the lease terms and how that is this typical for other leases in the city how it compares with that.
21: Yeah, um, it's a great question. Uh, So we offer a variety of terms depending on the particular situation. Um, The actual, um, you know, the $100,000 threshold is actually a way to you know, there's still some uncertainty out there. And you know, the our prospective tenant is um, there are some concerns around, um, you know, not bringing in a ton of revenue and having to pay on them. our, we actually upped the percentage rent. So the 10% is, is higher than they they proposed in their proposal. And so we think that those two kind of balance each other out by offering that $100,000 threshold um, of no rent charged. Um, and then we, we char- we're charging a higher percentage rent on um, anything that they make above that in order to recoup money if they are successful.
16: So the, the, just to make sure I understand. So other other businesses that lease... That so the um, a lease in San Francisco have similar terms to their lease. It's above above. They pay rent once it's above a, a certain profit level.
21: So, as an example for the Union Square, um, the previous tenants there, uh, Ruley's was paying six percent under two hundred fifty thousand dollars a month and eight percent on revenues above two hundred fifty thousand dollars a month.
26: Okay.
21: Um, so there's uh, there was they were still paying if it was less, but. Um, there, it's a variety of, of uh, we don't have a template, I guess. Um, we kind of work it out with, with each potential tenant um, based on the situation.
16: Okay, that just might be something I'd be interested in seeing citywide, right? Like, just to for my own knowledge of kind of what the, the terms are, you know, not just for Union Square, but comparing it to all different, you know, all neighborhoods across the city and leases, if possible. That staff could, you know, no rush, but it'd be something I'd be interested in looking at.
21: Yes, absolutely. Please.
16: Thank you, Sarah. Yeah, I just wanted to chime
2: in on that um, question. As Neil said, all of the our, our leases are structured differently based on the environment, based on the needs of the location. For example, this commission, um, previously approved a new tenant at Stowe Lake they made a variety of tenant improvements at the site and so in a, in a lease like that they're structured that we we actually don't see revenue perhaps for the first few years um, we try to to structure them such that they are appropriate for the location the investment our partner is making um, as well as the economics of the time
16: mm-hmm.
2: uh, right le- as we know um, commercial leases are are way down in San Francisco, particularly in the downtown right now. So there's all of those factors that contribute to each of these deals being slightly um, different. But obviously, the question before you today is, is this an appropriate economic uh, deal for the department? Okay. So I hope that Thank you, Sarah.
16: I'm sorry can I just respond really I think that that's that thank you for the information about the kind of and it makes sense to factor it in based on location. I would just ask the the business that is to really consider that Union Square is not just the commercial, the commercial center and the shopping and thinking of that population but it is true what we've heard it is very much about the tenderloin and other other areas and populations (laughs) with other needs and really just hear hear that that's been said today is considering those needs and and um that those communities as well in the in the plants so thank you
1: thank you commissioner jupiter jones i have seen no
0: other requests to speak we'll need a, a motion
1: Do I, oh yeah sorry <clears throat> We need a motion to authorize the department to enter into a lease agreement with Tyler Florence, the greater organization for the purpose of operating the two kiosk concessions on Union Square. Excuse me. (coughs) So moved. Thank you. (laughs) Any second? Second. All those in favor, state aye. 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 Any opposed?
19: None, the motion carries.
1: Congratulations.
19: thank you you. excuse me we are now on
0: item nine india basin waterfront park initiative grant accept and expend and agreements i did get a couple of blue cards i have in my hand if anyone else is here to speak on item nine you can fill out a blue card during the presentation or wait till i call public comment
27: I wait for, um,
0: for president anderson to come back yeah i think that's fine if you want to wait wait for commissioner anderson to come back I think okay yep
1: all right thank you hi lisa
24: Go
27: ahead. Thanks, Ashley. I'm, I'm a little hungry after that, so yeah. maybe I'll go a little quicker so I can. I want some chicken. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I think. Good morning, <laughs> um, President Anderson. It feels nice Thank to you. say that, commissioners well, and Sarah. Um, I'm Lisa Branston. I'm the director of partnerships at the San Francisco Recreation and Park Department. Um, and I'm here today for discussion and possible action to recommend that the Board of Supervisors authorize the Recreation and Park Department to accept and expend grants totaling approximately $55 million from the San Francisco Foundation, the Trust for Public Land, the San Francisco Parks Alliance, and the A. Philip Randolph Institute for the India Basin Water from Park Initiative, and to approve a funds establishment agreement with the San Francisco Foundation and related agreements with the other um, parties, all to support the initiative. So um, a little bit of background. Um, I know a lot of the uh, previous commissioners know a lot about this, but um, I've spent a lot of time out there, and it's lovely to be able to talk about why these grants are so important. So this initiative is a multi-pronged partnership between REC and Park. And three nonprofits the Trust for Public Land, the San Francisco Parks Alliance, and the A. Philip Randolph Institute a national, a citywide, and a community based nonprofit. Um, we're all working together okay. to bring a transformational new park to Bayview's Hunters Point, guided by an equitable development plan to ensure that the benefits of this park accrue to the neighborhood. The project will create a 10 acre waterfront park that will also close an important gap in the Bay Trail. The new park is being developed in three phases to ensure consistent community access to green space. Phase one was the remediation of a formerly industrial parcel adjacent to the existing park, and that was completed last summer. Phase two is the construction of the southern half of the new park on that parcel, and that's well underway and will be completed next year. And then phase three will be the transformation of the beloved but somewhat underperforming existing park that will happen as soon as the southern part of the park is open to the public. And just a little bit of an update to. Um, I was out on site earlier this week and it's amazing to see what's happening there. So here's a few photos. Um, So um, on the top right is the framing of the shop building which will um, be a community building that we believe will hold um, all sorts of programming but probably primarily educational programming. Um, Sorry, recreational programming. Um, And then below that are paint swatches on the historic Shipwright's Cottage. They have to choose the appropriate color for that historic building. And then there you'll see some supports and bracing for the shipwrights cottage which has to be actually uh, lifted to build the community room that will be below and then um, there's material samples for the lady bayview mural that's going to be on the um, ground of the primary pier in the southern half of the park And as I mentioned, this park, this sort of very special piece of this park is that its development um, is being guided by an equitable development plan. The design of the park was developed in deep partnership with the community. And as the next step, once the design was complete, we worked with the community to um, find out what their most important priorities were and how the park could best serve the existing community. And, um, so they, um, in February of last year, we, we published the equitable development plan and, um, It contains six primary areas of focus that we're concentrating on as we build this park and address um, some of the historic inequality of the surrounding neighborhood. So those were arts, culture, and identity, workforce and business development, transportation, access, and connectivity, healthy communities and ecology, youth opportunities, and housing security. And just to note that even as we're building the park, we're working on these areas of focus that um, the community asked us to work on. Um, here's a couple of photos. One is it is um, on the top is a picture of what's in the rendering says Tech Hub, but was now called the Innovation Lab, which is going to be placed on the northern part of the park that's open as a temporary welcoming center and a place to have some park programming. Um, Below that are banners that are going up to provide more information to the community about what's happening at the park. Um, And uh, then there's a picture of Hip Hop for Change, which is gonna provide performances and youth programming in um, the existing park. And um, then I just wanted to highlight that in May, the partners led by our community nonprofit, APRI, the a. Philip Randolph Institute, <clears throat> celebrated the completion of construction training by 16 community members who are now in union jobs around the city, including the 900 this site. So now for the numbers. Um, India Basin is a $200 million initiative that includes funds for park design, remediation, um, and construction. And importantly, $15 million of that $200 million is set aside for um, equitable development project and programs. Um, Sorry. Whoops too fast. The initiative is supported by approximately $123 million of public funding and a foundational grant of $25 million um, made to the project in 2019 by the John Pritzker Family Fund. Public funding... Um, has been or is being approved by this commission and the board and in May of 2019 the Board of Supervisors authorized Rec and Park to accept the first $25 million, enter into a grant agreement with the Pritzker Fund and Initiative Partners and authorize the general manager to execute new partnership agreements related to India Basin. So what we're doing today is the next step on the next round of private funding. Um, So um, The total private fundraising goal of this initiative is around $75 million, um, some of which has already been pledged by partners and some of which the partners are working together to raise. Right now we have pledges and payments of about $33 million towards that goal. And again, to repeat, what we're seeking is the authority for the city to start accepting and expending that new funding. So this new set of agreements recognizes the partner's goal of raising an additional 50 to 55 million in private funding and creates a fiscal sponsorship relationship with the San Francisco Foundation and all of the partners. Um, This made the most sense because the San Francisco Foundation is a long-standing community partner to the city. And it has a mission that's very much aligned with the goals of the project, which is to mobilize the resources, to mobilize resources and act as a catalyst for change to build strong communities, foster civic leadership and promote philanthropy in the San Francisco Bay Area. So I'm gonna jump around a little bit because I wanna start by focusing on exhibit A of the agreement, which is a very critical piece for us. And that is this um, exhibit A Um, just memorializes the existing partnership structure. Um, And we've been working under this for quite some time, but um, this structure consists of an executive team that includes one member, Representative from each project partner and is the initiative's primary decision-making body. The executive team makes decisions on recommendations from underlying subject matter expert committees, each of which is led by the appropriate agency. So, Reckon Park, which um, um, Reckon Park leads construction in partnership with the Trust for Public Land, which is managing the site design. APRI is responsible for developing and overseeing EDP programs and projects. The Parks Alliance leads the creation and organization of on site events. And Rec and Park is sort of air traffic control on coordinating <coughs> budget tracking and reporting on the initiative and coordinating fundraising efforts with each partner providing records and assisting with fundraising. Um, and then Rec and Park will also coordinate all the communication on the initiative. Um, These roles and responsibilities would normally be in each of the one-off agreements um, between the department and each partner. But because this is a multi-partner initiative and one of the few that we've done in this particular way, we wanted all of those roles and responsibilities together in one document that all the partners would sign off on. Um, the, partner, the department still intends to enter into related agreements that will govern each separate relationship, and a template of that agreement is included in your packet. The structure of the overarching agreement, with underlying agreements that follow later, is similar to other partnership projects we've done, including the Let's Play initiative, um, and then um, the first India Basin agreement with the John Pritzker Foundation. So now a little bit of the nitty-gritty of the um, agreement with the San Francisco Foundation. The, this agreement will establish two funds, a project fund that will primarily support project construction, and then an EDP fund that will support park-related projects and programs run by RPD, by initiative partners, or by community-serving nonprofits. Um, the funds will be managed in accordance with the donor-advised fund. Excuse me, will be managed in accordance with the donor advised fund agreements attached to the agreement as Exhibit D. Funds will be dispersed um, by RPD at the direction of the executive team to a tax exempt nonprofit or government agency. The foundation will assess an administrative fee for managing the holding based on the amount in each of the two funds. Mm This is a very preliminary budget that underlines these agreements. I know it's small and hard to read, but this will evolve as each partner finalizes its work plan um, for the new rounds of funding. Um, And so serves as an estimate of how funds from the San Francisco Foundation will be allocated to each partner. The agreement allows for the adjustment of each budget in writing between the partners. And then very importantly, Exhibit E requires each partner to abide by disclosure, record keeping, and auditing requirements put in place by the controller. This includes consolidating donor information on a website to be managed by Rec and Park with each partner providing Reckon and Park with its audited financials, maintaining financial records, and allowing the controller to audit its records related to this agreement. So... Um, Um, And all of this will be done in compliance with the city's Sunshine Ordinance, which requires us to, we don't take anonymous donations, we list all of our donors, and we note whether a donor has a relationship with the city of some sort. (coughs) So that brings me to the last item that I wanted to flag for this commission, and that is that the department is planning to ask the Board of Supervisors for a waiver of the behested payment provision we're working with the city attorney's office on this element of the agreement and as I noted it's important because rec- um, um, because we have about 17 million dollars left to raise this is an important infusion of funds into a community that sorely needs them and um, and it will be uh, conducted under the most transparent mechanisms we have Um, So as I noted, the record-keeping will be very transparent. Donors to the initiative, either to the San Francisco Foundation and all of the nonprofits, will be posted on the department's website, and we'll note any financial relation with the city. We believe that there are some potential funders where there's a gray area, about whether or not we can ask for funding. And rather than go through a lot of gymnastics to determine how to talk to those potential funders, we thought the most transparent approach would be to request this six-month waiver from the board. And I believe that the um, regulations have that six-month waiver in them for exactly this purpose, to allow funds to transparently come into the city for important purposes. Um, And with that, I'll conclude, well, I'm gonna conclude my presentation and I thank you for bearing with me for some complicated (laughs) contract terms, but I don't wanna close without um, thanking our project partners, talking to them, working through roles and responsibilities is an important part of my job. But more importantly, we are out on site with all of these partners, partners all the time. A partnership of this magnitude is complicated, and it involves a lot of relationships. And I feel very honored to be working with three nonprofits who are so committed to doing something really great for the city. So thank you very much, and I'm happy to take any questions.
16: Thank you, Lisa.
1: Thank you, Lisa. Commissioner Hallisey.
15: Yeah, Lisa, one question for sure. you. Um, just in reading the material and hearing you today, great presentation, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> it said that there was going to be one rep from each project partner, being RPD, Trust for Public Land, SA Park Alliance, the A. Philip Randolph Institute, right? That's right. Is that a role <clears throat> that you personally will serve in? or No.
28: Or no.
27: So the current representation is... Phil, is, Phil is, Ginsburg is the representative for Reckon Park. OK. Um, Jackie Flynn, we have okay. our partners in the audience. Jackie Flynn, who's the executive director of the A. Phil, Philip Randolph Institute, fills that role for that nonprofit. Sure. Guillermo Rodriguez, and Charlie, Charlie, you're going to have to help me with his exact title. He's the
28: state director and regional vice
27: president of the Trust Republic. For, so did you, could you hear that? He's the, um, the state director very for the Trust for Public Land. There's more, but in charge, I'll let you know president, yeah. And then Drew Becker, the CEO of the San Francisco Parks Alliance, fills the role for the Parks Alliance. So it's the leadership of each of these organizations that sits on that committee and tells me what to do.
15: Understood. But I would have been very comfortable with you being the RPD rep. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll,
27: well, since right. Phil's not here, I'll go back and ask for the All promotion right. later. All right. <laughs> thank you very much.
0: <laughs>
1: We have no other requests to speak.
0: Okay, we'll move over to public comment. I'll start with Jackie, and then
26: is it Sarka? Sharka? Okay. Good afternoon, commissioners, and um, thank you so much for your time today. My name is Jackie Bryant. I've actually reclaimed my maiden name, so uh, y'all will just have to get used to it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But um, I not only am the executive director of the A. Philip Randolph Institute San Francisco, but I have a really unique role as the Equitable Development Plan Director for this project. Um, And we are so very proud and fortunate to be on this project because the work that our organization has done over several generations to connect with community um, just was a good fit at the right time for this project. I started off going to community meetings right at the church just across the street from the park project, and I was asked to serve on our original steering committee for 900 Innes, and I knew how much potential this project had to not only transform the shoreline, but to transform the neighborhood and really shift the narrative that many people think about when they think about Bayview Hunters Point, um, this is a huge opportunity for everyone that is young and older and of all different ethnic and socioeconomic backgrounds to not only contribute to the future vision of the park, but to actively program the space. Um, And it has been a pleasure to work with everyone on the team. I've worked with Sarah, Phil, all these ladies that are sitting here. Um, And it's just a huge opportunity to, again, um, reinvest in a neighborhood that historically has been left behind. Um, And so, of course, we're here to support the accept and expend, I'll just say that this is the first time that I've seen a nonprofit of our magnitude, we're a pretty small nonprofit, be elevated to serve as an executive team member and make decisions on a $200 million investment that's coming into the neighborhood. And I'm very proud of that. Um, congratulations, uh, President Anderson and Vice President Hallisey, and um, welcome aboard to our two new commissioners. And thank you so much, Brianna, for coming to Baby Hunters Point and having like your first <laughs> visit visiting our neighborhood. Um, we're, we were really honored to have you. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you.
0: All right,
28: next speaker. Thank you. Good morning, commissioners. Uh, congratulations, Commissioner President Anderson and Vice President Halisi. Thank you. Um, I'm really pleased to be here. My name is Sharka Voleynikova. I am the, um, the Parks for People program manager at Trust for Public Land. Um, And um, I'm also a landscape architect and have designed a few parks within the city, so parks are really dear to me. Um, And I want to start by saying that uh, we at uh, at Trust for Public Land believe that everybody in our city, everybody in the US has the right To have a high quality park within 10 minutes of where they live and we at trust for for public land um, collectively with our partners work really hard to make that happen and um, india basin um, um, waterfront park is one of these examples where the community did not have access to a high quality park or any park for that matter for a really long time and did not have access to the waterfront. Um, the park um, design and, um, and ideas are really coming out of the vision of the community, and we're honored and proud to be supporting um, this effort. Um, the, the, I, this really iconic park is connecting the larger San Francisco waterfront and will make all San Franciscans proud. And um, as Lisa mentioned, this is a very complicated project. It's been going on for a long time. It's a very complicated partnership. And as we are um, uh, figuring out the final details of these agreements uh, with Rec and Park and with the San Francisco Foundation and developing our uh, working budgets, I want to say that this new agreement is really important. We need um, a a great management of the funding. The funding for this park is needed. It is going to be a gem for San Francisco.
0: Thank Thank you. you. Do we have any other speakers on this item in room 416? Okay, seeing none. Do we have any hands raised on our line? I don't see any hands raised, so public comment is closed. Commissioners? So I'll need a motion and a
1: second for us to accept and expend the grants as outlined in agenda item 9.
16: I'll make a motion to accept and expend. Thank
1: you. Second. All those in favor, state aye. 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 Any opposed? Motion carries unanimously. Thank you, Lisa.
0: We are now on item ten, Buchanan Street Mall Memory Walk. Thank you, Jackie Bryant. Status update. (laughs) And then after item ten, we'll go back to general public comment, of which I have some more blue cards. Good Ashley. SFGov, if we could have the
24: presentation. You go. Great, thank you. Good day, commissioners, commissioner, secretary, general manager stand in. Nice to see you, Sarah. Um, The item before you is presentation and discussion only regarding a status update on the Buchanan Street Mall memory walk, which includes decorative paving and interpretive elements along all five blocks of the park and serves as a platform for future art opportunities. So you all approved a conceptual design for Buchanan Street Mall renovations back in April 2020, A lot has happened in the last three and a half years and the project achieved an important milestone with the San Francisco Arts Commission approving civic design review committee approving the concept for the memory walk. So staff thought that this was a good time to update you all. Oops. Apologies. Hold on. Use the arrows, sorry about that. So quickly, the project team um, includes three city departments, the Trust for Public Land, who's provided in-kind support of community engagement, visioning, and project management since the project's inception, and who has received a Prop 68 Statewide Parks Grant to fund a Memory Walk Program, as well as several community organizations. Uh, Buchanan Street Mall is in the Western Edition, a historically diverse neighborhood in District 5. Uh, the park's situated in the Fillmore District, known as formerly known as the Harlem of the West, um, which was massively shaped during redevelopment in the 1960s and 70s, suffered tremendously during the crack epidemic and war on drugs and subsequent period of disinvestment, and which continues to experience elevated levels of violence. The park spans the full width of Buchanan, between Grove and Eddy, and is segmented by the busy cross streets of Turk, Golden Gate, and McAllister, and is primarily bordered by public low-income and cooperative housing developments and anchored um, on the central blocks with community institutions, Rosa Parks Senior Center, Ella Hill Hutch Community Center, and the African American Arts and Culture Complex. So in 2014, local organizations Green Streets and Citizen Film began a robust community engagement process for reimagining the mall. Um, The history of the project is marked by several outreach innovations, providing a variety of opportunities for community members to ask one another how they wanted to experience their neighborhood park. This extensive engagement led to the 2017 Buchanan Street Mall vision plan the 2020 concept design, and the launch of the Park Improvement Equity Action Initiative, where Rec and Park and our partners are responding to the Fillmore community's request that public investment strengthen the neighborhood, create economic opportunity, and improve health and wellness for everyone. So as you can see from the slide, just tremendous activity. Um, I'll just highlight four community meetings and three public events, and a survey in the last year and a half really focused on this memory walk idea. So in the conceptual design, um, the concept, this concept set the key program elements for each of the blocks and emphasized the importance of connectivity and consistency across all five blocks of the park, largely achieved through these key design elements. So Recreation and Parks and our partners have used this concept plan, the robust community engagement, and these ambitious project goals to seek additional funding for the project with the aim of realizing the community's full vision. Um, Just a few renderings of the future park. You can see how lighting, furnishings, the planting palette provide a consistent design language. And um, just a quick update that this project started with less than $2 million through the Let's Play SF initiative for renovating one of the playgrounds. And now, um, thanks to being awarded multiple grants, being a named project in the 2020 Health and Recovery Bond and securing joint capital green infrastructure partnership funding from the San Francisco Public Utilities Commission, our project budget now exceeds over $27 million, and we're able to renovate all of the program areas across all five blocks in one phase of construction. So while Pu- Public Works is um, leading the landscape architecture design for the mall, but two other landscape architects conducted community visioning for the Memory Walk under contract with Trust for Public Land. So, in 2020, like culminating in 2020, the office of Cheryl Barton had led initial visioning and planning uh, that led to this exploration of West African design elements, including kente and adinkra symbols, with meetings rooted in strength and celebration. And in 2022 and 2023, Studio MLA continued this process and really further explored a concept of home, uh, which is symbolized and found in the Victorian architecture, lost to redevelopment, as well as um, the cultural diversity of the neighborhood. So Public Works has unified these elements and abstracted them into the diamond and chevron and symbol motifs to establish a common design language across the full five blocks. So the top line notes the specific programming theme that was identified in the concept design. And in the last couple of years, Studio MLA built upon this with the community to identify themes for each block. Um, Healing and remembrance, anchoring the north and south ends of the block, local heroes and cultural icons, family, community, togetherness in the middle, and local artists and performers. So the Memory Walk is intended to serve as a platform upon which these themes can be further explored through interpretation, curated art, and other programming. So here, um, we're highlighting the three components of the Memory Walk that were approved by the Arts Commission on Monday and noting the um, potential for future community-led art opportunities. I'm going to get into these in more detail. So the paving, this enlargement shows um, a typical representation of the memory walk paving, a textile-like pattern with unit, unit pavers, and interstitial spaces of decorative concrete with these like beautiful, shiny, poppy, nickel-bronze symbols inlaid. Um, those, we have plans for those symbols to be designed by, um, by the community. There's also gateway elements, columns and fencing. So the column, uh, about 12 feet high, made of painted stainless steel, steel, water jet diamond patterns. Um, I don't need to get into all of the design details, but I do wanna show that there's space reserved on these columns for, um, for storytelling. Similarly, with these 12-foot-high fences, anchoring each ends of the mall and flanking the basketball court in the center block. Um, also a canvas for storytelling, um, also displaying these diamond and chevron forms. And just to show you a couple renderings of what these elements will look like in the future space. And I want to let you all know that as we move forward beyond this conceptual design, Trust for Public Land continues to lead engagement and programming related to the Memory Walk in collaboration with Recreation and Parks and partners the African-American Arts and Culture Complex and Citizen Film. So these four partners have shaped programming to mentor emerging artists, invite community curation and participation in storytelling, and frame future art opportunities along the memory walk. Um, I want to assure you, commissioners, that we've consulted with the Arts Commission Public Art Program Director several times on best practices for public art. And um, let's see. And um, while we've identified a few locations and possibilities for future community-led art opportunities, uh, the parameters for each unique art opportunity and plans for funding, strategy, and maintenance of artwork on the Memory Walk are currently in development uh, this fall. And all original artwork opportunities will be brought to you all for approval before any public RFQ process is released. So, again, this is presentation only. Um, no action is requested, but I'm available if you have any questions. Thank
1: you. All right. Beautiful do we- art.
24: DO WE HAVE ANY PUBLIC
0: COMMENT ON ITEM 10 IN ROOM 416?
1: TPL, COME ON UP.
28: THANK YOU AND HELLO AGAIN. Uh, ONE MORE TIME, MY NAME IS SHARKA VOLENIKOVA AND I um, AM THE uh, Parks for Program, PARKS FOR PEOPLE PROGRAM DIRECTOR AT TRUST FOR PUBLIC LAND. And I would like to express a few words of support for this project. Um, It has been long coming. The Buchanan Mall today is a park, but it has very little to offer. And it has become, frankly, dangerous for people to, to be there and walk through. This opportunity will reconnect the community with the park and its history it will it has the potential to lift the community's pride and re-engage them in um, in civic life and we're proud um, and fortunate to be working with such great partners as um, um, as citizen film the african african-american arts and um, culture center and sf um, recreation and park department
0: thank you any other comment in room 416? Okay, seeing none, do we have any hands raised on our Webex? <coughs> seeing no hands raised on our Webex, public comment is closed. Any discussion on this item, commissioners?
17: No. Okay. Well, We're.
1: I'm, I'm looking oh. at request to speak.
6: Okay. Go ahead.
17: So thank you, thanks Lauren. I just wanna say that um, since 2020, you know, rest in peace, Commissioner Griffin has been passionate about this particular project. He attended everything and everything and anything, as you know, Lauren. So we wanna thank you and we wanna thank um, the Arts Commission for the research that they have done and the mindful attention to you know, the culture and the importance of black history. Um, They they, they highlighted the concept around black history and made this an interacting movement piece. And so we are going to highlight local and international artists, and that's just wonderful. So I know Larry Griffin is smiling from the heavens. (laughs) Mm
18: -hmm.
17: That's lovely. Thank you so much.
0: Okay. That's it. Moving on to item 11, general public comment. I still have a remain uh, remaining blue cards, although we may have lost some of those folks. For those on our public line, you can dial star three to raise your hand for items that are not on the agenda today. Is Hank here? Please, come on up, please. Hank. Thank you for waiting. Go ahead and come on up to the microphone. Lauren will be to the side of you there.
11: Uh, Good afternoon at this point. Um, I wanted to go back to the Marina Remediation Project and talk about that for my two minutes. Uh, One thing I'm very concerned about with this is the lack of public engagement by the staff of the department on this. When the 21 settlement agreement was signed, uh, the staff wrote into the agreement that there would be a new North Harbor and the north end of the Marina Green as part of the settlement. Uh, There was no public engagement on that at all, and it was not announced. Uh, and then nothing came of it uh, for two years. They sent the survey out, which is true, but the survey didn't ask anything about the north end of the Marina Green being closed. So finally, in March of this year, they did disclose in a meeting that there was going to be a new North Harbor at the east end of the Marina Green. And uh, a lot of public people were upset about it. In May, we had a meeting. At Fort Mason, where a vast number of people expressed uh, dissatisfaction with this. And then the staff said, well, okay, we're here to take public engagement. Uh, There was a lot of opposition to this, as you saw from the petition earlier, signed by 2,500 people. And in August, we had meetings at Moscone Center, which I think a couple of you attended, thank you. And again, there was a lot of people who were opposed to this. Uh, Finally, one person asked the question about why in a June Chronicle article, one of the senior staffers said, I don't care what the opposition is to this, the new harbor's going in. And when that was asked in the August meetings, the staff said, well, it's in the contract. There's nothing we can do about it. So a number of us are very disappointed that there really has been limited public engagement about this. And then when a vast number of people said they didn't want it, the fallback was, well, it's in the contract, so we can't do anything about it. I really urge you to listen to the vast public opposition to this new harbor that's going to close off a great view to the Marina green. Thank you. And amend the contract, or please do whatever you need to do to prevent that from happening. Thanks. Thank you.
0: Okay. I have Celine. And then I think I saw Richard leave. And then after Celine, Adele.
29: Hi. Uh, good afternoon, Yes. Um, I'm also uh, talking about the marina harbor plan. Uh, My name is Celine Wong. I've lived in the marina for over 40 years. And uh, for my regular exercise, I walk along the marina green and I love it. And I bring my grandkids, my my family, my friends who come from other parts of the city, they all enjoy the, the view that we have in the marina green. And in fact, on your RPD website, you describe the Marina Green as having stunning views. So please do not destroy this stunning historical view. Also, I wanted to add that last Saturday, I spoke with many uh, soccer players' parents who were not aware of this plan at all. And they all expressed to me their uh, opposition to that plan. Um, they were they were really shocked to hear that there was going to be a harbor right in front of the marina so please keep the water open and thank you for listening to me thank you
0: is adele still here in the room no okay is there anyone else here who didn't speak during number four who wants to provide general public comment no okay and is there anyone with their hand raised we have two people with their hands raised it would appear so can you unmute the first caller
30: Good afternoon, commissioners and President Anderson. I am trying to understand why there is a corporation that was handed a pilot permit by SF Park starting in 2019 to operate trail rides and horse lessons in Golden Gate Park. This pilot permit has continued to be re-awarded every six months despite San Francisco Parks promising to issue an RFP in 2020 and appears to violate both city code and chapter 21 of the administrative code which prohibits pilot projects from running for longer than two years and being used to subvert competitive bidding requirements. In addition, this corporation has been sued by its own employees over wage theft and other labor law violations and recently settled the lawsuit for $147,500. There are other young women coming forward that were not part of the lawsuit but who also claim they were overworked, were denied their legally entitled breaks, or have had their wages withheld. Animal control has also been called out numerous times, and there are lots of warnings from the public about the conditions there. A mother recently emailed San Francisco Park staff to let them know about two separate incidents that involve children as young as six being thrown by bulking horses uncontrolled by workers of this corporation and warned that if they were allowed to continue operating irresponsibly, that a child could get killed. Yet this pilot permit was renewed again shortly after that warning and runs to the end of this year. I am here to ask the Commission how a corporation with such seemingly egregious business practices that appear to violate multiple laws has been allowed to operate on city land for so long and without public input. Friends of Camp Mather seem to be under the impression that your commission has approved this horse operator, yet, I can find no evidence that a review of this operation was ever put in front of your commission or the Board of Supervisors
31: as required by law. Thank you. Thank you. Next speaker.
1: We heard. Thank
31: you. Good morning, uh, good afternoon, Commissioners. My name is Eliana Binder, and I'm the policy manager for GLIDE. We are deeply concerned about the relocation of the heart of the city's farmer's market from UM Plaza to Fulton Plaza, especially the, the lack of a community involvement in the process. Healthy, culturally appropriate, and affordable food should be available to all San Franciscans Part of the city is a vital source of nutrition for many people in the Tenderloin and surrounding areas. The Tenderloin lacks any full-service grocery stores, and many residents depend on the market for fresh and affordable fruits and vegetables. Over 20,000 people used cowfresh at the market in the past 12 months. Despite the critical role of the farmers market plays, this relocation has happened without clear communication and community involvement, which has left farmer and community concerns unaddressed. Furthermore, the relocation and subsequent risk to the market comes when San Franciscans are facing rising rates of food insecurity. Over 100,000 residents across 73,000 San Francisco households have been impacted by the end of emergency allotments of CalFresh would provided additional food assistance through the first three years of the COVID-19 pandemic. This relocation also comes at a difficult time for the farmers who are still recovering from reduced sales during the pandemic. Increasing access to high quality, healthy, and affordable food in the Tenderloin and across San Francisco is at the core of GLIDE's mission, and we stand with the farmers and community members asking for the support they need to continue to provide healthy, fresh, and affordable food. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Okay, seeing no further hands raised on our line and no other comment in room 416, public comment is closed. We are now on item 12, commissioners matters. Commissioners, do you have any matters?
1: I did want to clarify, because I feel like some of the comments about the farmer's market make it seem like there is no farmer's market The farmer's market has continued. It was moved. Do we have anything else we want to say about that at this moment?
2: Happy to answer any questions. You are correct, Commissioner. Um, The farmer's market used to take place on UN Plaza, which uh, the department has been responsible for permitting for recreational uses for quite a while. we began a multi-agency effort to improve the conditions at UN Plaza and as part of that we're looking for daily activation our first stop was to ask the farmers market if they could uh, operate every day on UN Plaza which they were unable to do and so as we have looked for positive ways to activate the space and that many of you are aware of the plan to have uh, skateboarding elements, ping-pong tables, chess tables, tech ball tables, which is like soccer ping-pong. Um, at, the, at the site, um, the farmer's market was asked to move across the street to Fulton Plaza. Um, it's a couple hundred feet, and there are a variety of challenges that they brought up to the department and the CBD that we have worked with them to address, including that folks who come to that farmer's market used to park um, in Fulton Plaza. We have now offered a uh, uh, what's the word? Validated uh, parking in Civic Center Plaza. And there's a series of other um, uh, supports to that contract that are enumerated in their permit, which I'm happy to share with you.
1: Thank you, yeah. It's an iterative process. Um, I don't think anybody was kicked out of their stall. Everybody who could port over has ported over. We had a successful transition um, it's, it's status quo and, and probably on the way to great improvement over time. So I would just ask people to have patience as the city activates a space. That's a very important space to all of us so that we can feel safe and have fun. I guess kind of into my comment now. Thank you. Annie.
16: Just a clarifying question. Um, are any of the new, the recreation act, like activations that are going to be there a paid based like we heard a comment about the skate park being a pay to.
2: Yes, I'm unclear what that was about. Um, there is no fee to use any of those facilities. Previously, there was a roller rink at Fulton Plaza, right? Um, which I believe you had was it was we were not a part of that. That was a project with Public Works. But um, I, I believe you pay, you made reservations and paid to use that. So perhaps there was um, some confusion there. But all of the installations at UM Plaza will be free and open
16: to the public. Thank you for clarifying.
1: All right, thank you, and Ashley. Okay,
16: sorry, I didn't mean to take your question.
1: No other commissioners matters have been brought to my attention.
0: Any public comment on commissioners matters? Okay, seeing none, public comment is closed. Item 13, new business agenda setting. Commissioners, do you have any new business that you'd like to mention?
17: So, so last night I went to the Conservatory of Flowers because I saw in something um, our commission secretary sent that it was the 20th anniversary of putting back the dome on top of the Conservatory of flowers. And since I've mentioned I go there every day, I didn't know that a lot of the history of San Francisco about the conservatory. So it was a wonderful evening. They held it in the orchid pavilion. About a hundred people came to learn about the history of the Conservatory of Flowers. So it was burned down because of a fire, not because of the earthquake. The fire started in the furnace underneath the Conservatory of Flowers, so which it caused it to heat up based on the type of material they used, and they had to totally de- deconstruct the whole place. So it showed all this footage, and. You know, Christopher Pollack uh, is our historian for the department. Just to hear that man speak for an hour with no notes, he is amazing. And then in 1993, I guess, there was like in the early 90s, there was a San Francisco experience, 110 mile an hour winds, which blew that, blew that whole dome off. Oh. So the architect was there last night, and she talked about how she wanted to restore it, and yet another woman, okay? She, they, they built it with steel and wood so that it would stand, withstand this or that. And if you walk into the conservatory, you, it's just like, boom, heat just hits you. So you, you kind of wonder, like, what is this heat doing to this greenhouse? But to go last night, we want to say, you know, uh, happy anniversary. It happened in September 20 of 2003. They replaced the dome. So last night was September 20, 2023. And so we wanna say um, happy anniversary to the Conservatory of Flowers.
0: Thank you. Mm -hmm. Anything else, commissioners? Okay, is there any public comment on item 13? Okay, seeing none, public comment is closed. Item 14, communications. Commissioners, any questions or discussion on communications? okay and any public comment seeing no public comment public comment is closed we're now on item 15 adjournment
14: so moved second
1: all those in favor state aye aye, aye. any opposition we are adjourned at twelve thirty-one pm thank you everyone